Hello and welcome to the 29th episode of When I Was Your Age, a podcast celebrating the careers, callings, and creativity of some friends of mine. I'm your host, Roland Parker, and as always, it is a joy, pleasure, and a treat to have you here. Today's guest is Kelsey Andrews. I'm really excited to chat it up with her about her art um, and also uh, some things fitness related, CrossFit, uh, that kind of stuff. Before we bring Kelsey into the stream, uh, I do have a little bit of housekeeping as always. Um, make sure that you follow the Instagram at WIWYAPod uh, if you're not already. And thank you guys so much for the support. We are currently at 1,191 followers which is uh, much appreciated for all the support that you guys show. If you are listening for the first time, consider giving us a follow. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. If you're more a visual person, uh, you can watch episodes on YouTube as well. So we got you covered there. All links uh, are available in the link tree in the Instagram bio. So you can get to all those places pretty easily. And then that's going to bring bring us uh, into the show. So we'll bring uh, Kelsey in. Kelsey, what's up with you? How's it going? How's it going? It's good. Good, good. Uh, all right. So it's a, we, we've gotten a few episodes recorded kind of in the week leading up to the Super Bowl. And I've been asking people um, what what plans they've got. Tell me, tell me what you're thinking. Well, we'll be headed back from a wedding in Montgomery. So We'll be in the car because one of our friends, we're actually staying in an Airbnb, one of our friends brought the GameCube. He's bringing the GameCube. So we'll probably be there for a while. So we may be catching it like, you know, mid first half or whatever. Um, but yeah, nice. just chilling at home. Sundays are hard. I, I know that it's Super Bowl Sunday, but I'm a teacher, so I have to get up early the next day. So I'm like, oh, I'm excited about yeah. Usher, though. Oh yeah, no, most definitely. That's a. I keep forgetting that that that's the piece. It's a. It should make for a good Super Bowl because we've got Usher performing, mm-hmm. Reba as the national anthem. That'll be awesome. Um, all of the the Taylor Swift intrigue. I'm sure. Do you have any thoughts on whether or not she is going to make it to the game? Um, we talk about Taylor Swift so much. Our friends are so mad that she's always on the camera. That she steals the thunder for the games. Um. I think she'll be there. I mean, why would you not be at the Super Bowl? <laughs> if right. And if your boyfriend's playing and you're getting all yeah. this hype around both of y'all, you've got to be there. Whatever she's doing, wherever yeah. she is, she's got to be there. Yeah, I initially, I didn't think it was really going to happen just logistically if there was any kind of delay with the, the last show. But now just with how much hype there is and you, you mentioned all the airtime and people talking about it, oh my I think... Uh, I, I think it's going to happen. I feel like people are going to move some mountains to to get her there. And there are going to be so many people who are mad about it. And then so many people who are so excited about it. My husband's yeah. one of the ones who's going to be mad about it. <laughs> yeah. It's a, I, it's a, I did, I did see an interesting thing just that um, the, the airtime was kind of like under like two and a half minutes. Like it was much less than I originally would have thought yeah. that it was like for some of these games. Um, now it's, it's mentioned all the time. They, they do, uh, <laughs> allude to song lyrics and stuff like that. So definitely taking over, uh, the NFL this season, I think we'll always remember it as the yes. Taylor Swift season. My um, mom was even talking about Taylor Swift and she doesn't talk about Taylor Swift, but we were over at the house the other day and I was refer, I was saying that Taylor Swift is like their Michael Jackson because she's so big. And my mom was like, there's no way. 
she is even close to Michael Jackson. I was like, no, she's not close to Michael Jackson, but she is as famous as he was whenever he was really big. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see that comparison on like a global level too. Yes. And just as, um, I don't know, for like dominating like all of the cultural talk right. now, like you, you can't go anywhere. Like we're talking about it on this podcast right now. Yes, um, she's so, everywhere. I mean, yeah. whether you like her or not, you know about her, you know all about her. Yeah, 100%. It, it, inescapable. That, that's mm-hmm. no doubt. Um, no, I, th- I think that's a good good comparison obviously i don't i think that anybody that grew up with michael jackson they would argue against that um, oh yeah because he's the end all be all for them yeah well he it's a it kind of kind of funny too is that he was the first one who pioneered the uh the spectacle of the the halftime show for the super bowl oh, I didn't a, know like that. i read you should you should look up the michael jackson super bowl um, halftime performance because they're like in his ear in the headset like trying to get him to like do the cue to like start the show and he, he's like standing there really stoically and they're doing this bit where they're like all right we're gonna start when he like du- like takes his glasses off like yeah. his sunglasses and he just he's like standing really like statuesque doesn't <laughs> doesn't doesn't move and then he's just like holding the audience captive and the, and the the producer's like, dang it, Michael, go like pull, yeah, go pull the glasses off. And so we gotta <laughs> we gotta get it going. Um, so it's it it's funny to to see how that's evolved, like from the way yeah. that he shaped it. Oh so, my gosh, I'm nice. gonna look that up. No, it's good. Good full circle moment. I love that too. Yeah. All right. Well, if you guys aren't already, make sure that you follow Kelsey on Instagram on her personal page as well as. Uh, her art page there you can see some of the stuff that we'll be be talking about in the episode today um but i do want to get into some get to know you questions we like to ask everybody these um and i think it's a good marker um of you know what you're about and everything like that so where are you from and where do you currently live so i'm from vestavia alabama where we went to school together um and then i currently live in bluff park right up the road from my parents house Right. Okay. I also live in Bluff Park. So that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's if I, um, yeah, I, I won't reveal like too much. Like, on, I was gonna say, wait, <laughs> where are you? But no, we're gonna do it. Yeah, absolutely. We're. I mean, um, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of a of a good. You know the marker. main road. The main road. Yes. We, we are right off that main road. Okay. Gotcha. We're we're like right near like uh, uh, O'Neill and um. Man, I can't think of. Uh, I, I think I'm about totally... it. I think about Mr. P's Bluff Park Elementary, and then like that church over by Chapel. That's my three sections of Bluff Park. Okay, we we are very close to those two churches that are like right, right okay. next to each other. Yeah, we're very close to each other. Then. Yeah. Okay. That's that's awesome. Good to good to know. I love that. Yeah. Um. And what is it that you do? You could touch on any and all pieces here. Okay. I wear a lot of hats. I was actually talking to a gym member about this yesterday. Um, So I, the longest job I've had is working at my parents' CrossFit gym. Um, I am a CrossFit coach for my parents, J19 Fitness. Um, I was gym manager at one point when I was going through school and I was going through school to get my master's in education so I could be an art teacher so my career is art teacher where I teach at Payne Elementary in Trustful. 
Um, so I have a long haul to work every day from Buff Park, uh, but it's fine. I love the school that I'm at and I love the coworkers that I work with. Um, so I coach, I teach, and I also do art on the side. So my little side hustle started um, this past summer. I came home from school and I was very eager to paint. I, I don't even know what it was about. I was just like, I really want to start painting. So I did. And then it led to um, people liking what I was doing, asking me to do um, watercolors. And then it turned into the textural bouquets. Um, and yeah, so here we are now. Nice. I, I love that. Well, I hope that we get to, to honor all three of those uh, those things in, in talking a little bit more later. Um, but that's that's great. I, I, I love it when people are doing uh, several different things all very passionately. So that's that's great to hear. Uh, how old are you? Kind of central theme of the podcast for us. I am 26. Nice. Mm-hmm. Excellent. It's a, I, it's a, the, the running joke for the, for the last probably 10 episodes has been everybody kind of when they're, they're doing a little calculation of like, how old am I at this yeah. point? They're like, look up and to the left. They're like, I'm pretty sure it's. Uh, yes. And, and I keep, I, this year I keep doing, I don't know, even with the kids I'm talking to at school, I'm like, and then this year, I'm like, yes, I will be a year older because you're a year older every year. And so mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm like, I don't know why I would be 27 next year. I'll be 27 this year. Yeah. But in my head, it's just like, it doesn't work. Yeah. It, it's, there's something so interesting about like how something as simple as addition can change uh, like the way that yes. you perceive it when, yes. when you're thinking about like these weird landmarks in your life. Cause like most of the birthdays, like up until you're 18, you, you remember like it, you, you're tracking it. You're like, I'm oh, six yeah. and a half. Like you're very mm-hmm. purposeful with how you think about your age. And then like, there's a lot of milestones to kind of be looking forward to. If you're 18, you're looking forward to being 21, yeah. it, you know, but then once you get there that it's like, okay, maybe I can rent a car when I'm 25, but there's not a lot of other milestones to be like looking right. at aside from like being 30. So that I think that's where a lot of people get lost. Yes. My younger sister, she's 20. So like she's been tracking her birthday and I can, I can buy cigarettes at 19 now, like that kind of thing. Yeah. And then 21's her next year. It's like, Oh, well, you can buy alcohol legally. And, um, but then I was, every time I remind her, like, yeah, after that, you kind of forget which birthday you're on and nothing mm-hmm. is exciting anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, it's a, the, the, this is something that I, um, I think is interesting. I've, I've had a, this conversation, with, with some friends before is like, what, what age do you kind of think of yourself as internally? Cause it, even though I'm 27, I still kind of think of myself as like 23 and 24. And yes. when I was 23 and 24, I still kind of thought of myself as like 19 and 20. And I'm wondering like how far away at the end of my life, like, will the gap be like when I'm, when I'm 90, yeah. how, how old will I kind of like internally think of myself as? Yes. I know. I think of myself usually as 22 and then I realize I'm over the hump of five and I'm like, Whoa, we're going, you know, I, I don't know. I think of like in school, when you grow up, it's like five or less it's round down five or up round up. Yes. So now we're on the round up side of 20. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's weird. Totally, totally get that. It's a, it's a strange feeling for sure. Um, what uh, what piece of media are you currently enjoying? So think book, podcast, music, TV show. What is, what's kind of been your go-to as of late? Um, I would definitely say TV. 
my husband and I, Ryder, we love to sit and watch like a Netflix show together. Mm. And we just finished The Walking Dead. I know we're late to the game on finishing that, but we were in it. Nice. I, I love that. There's it. There's something special too about like watching with your partner, like something mm -hmm. uh, through and like being able to debrief and like react with, with one yes. another. Um, yeah. To I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, uh, I, I watched The Walking Dead. I didn't watch it all the way through, but like I remembered sitting down and watching it as a family because mm -hmm. I like someone introduced it to me. I introduced it to my dad, and then we all ended up watching it together. And then like they kind of continued on and I dropped off. So mm -hmm. I have like no idea what's going on with it it's anymore. A, it's a hard one to stay hooked into. Ryder was basically just a warm body while watching it because I couldn't watch it without him there. Mm -hmm. And but he was not present about no. season nine because they kind of do the same thing over and over. It's just like a new clan that they're fighting and they're mm -hmm. always just struggling, but then they pull out of it. But I was so invested, especially into the character Daryl. I loved him so much. So I could not give up. Yeah, I, I feel that too. I That's how I feel like that. That's what I think it would feel like to watch like a Grey's Anatomy for like, mm -hmm. like 19 seasons or something like that. Oh my like, gosh. I, theirs is longer than Walking Dead, I think. Yeah, it's that, that that's what I, what I kind of think of for that. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, that, uh, that's good. I can, I can relate to that too with like being a warm body for because <laughs> yes. like, like sometimes I'll like get into something and then like it loses its luster for some reason and I'm like yeah. I want to see what happens but I'm also not I don't have the desire to like start up a new episode if that makes right. sense. Right it's just in the background at that point. Yeah mm -hmm. for, for sure I've been, been there. Um, what's something that you'd consider a luxurious necessity? Luxurious necessity. Yeah, and if you need to, does it have to be luxurious? It's a, it's a as as nice uh, as as you like it to be. So I, I kind of think of it as something that is a little bit extra, like not quite something that you need. Yeah, um, it's a it it improves your life by a measurable amount. Um, yeah, and but uh, but not necessarily like a must have. It's not a um, must. Okay, this is so lame, but lemon in my water i don't Ooh. have to have it but man does it change the water and man will it put me in a good mood i think that i think that nails the breeze right yeah here it that's is right here that's no that's that's perfect there's something about it uh so in, in what lemon in water is is to me is grapes that are frozen to there's <laughs> something there's something about it that feels so like just act like it way over the top of like these yeah. th two things together make something that transcends just cold. Yes. Rate. Yes. Um, it feels just changes the game. You can't even put it into words. And until you experience it or you have that like hankering for a water with lemon and you don't get it or yeah. frozen grapes. Yeah. Love that. Now le <laughs> lemon in the water. Totally agree. It, it changes, changes it up completely. I can, it's it I don't know it just changes the way so that much you better to it. yeah we had a we were at the gym recently we had like a gym social and um we were playing this game and one of the questions was you did it was a five second rule and one of the questions was what would you sell your soul for and it was my turn and the first thing I said was water with lemon they're all like what is wrong with you and I was like yeah. you just don't get it it's a the, no it's perfect I am um, 
I I used to when I when I was working at in like one of the retail stores at Old Smoky, um, they used to grill me a lot because I um, I would put like lemon in water, but I also mm-hmm. had like a little like herb garden out front of our house, and I would just go by and I would stuff like a like a like a spearmint like sprig like in like my water <laughs> bottle too, and yeah. just like brighten it up. I distinctly remember one of my coworkers was like. So what does that do? <laughs> so like asking me about like a detox effect or something like that. I was like, I don't think it does anything. I just like it. She's like, yeah, oh. just a little something extra. <laughs> it's a, a, mm-hmm. a, that's funny. Um, do you have any bits that you're doing? Bits. What do you mean by bits? It's a bit to me is like a running joke or a humor uh, that you kind of yes. is maybe meant only for yourself or only for um, some close friends, um, regardless of the, uh, the response from the people around you, you're going to tell the joke every time. Yes. Oh my gosh. So our friend group is a really close friend group. I would, I would compare us to like the friends friend group from college and my bits are always like the really annoying jokes that are really not funny, but I think they're so funny because they don't think they're funny. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm on a Yamama kick. So everything oh, I say, classic. or they say they are so mad about it, but I think it's so funny to just continue just Yamama. Yeah, absolutely. And this is <laughs> what I keep coming back to with, with this prompt is like, for me, a lot of the call and response kind of humor of like, that's what she said. That yes. was my nickname in high school. <laughs> your mama, like, yeah, like all of those. Your those mama things. never gets old to me. It's just yes. like, if you hit somebody with a your mama at the right time, it is so funny. It's a, and I, I bet to you're right. I cannot believe that in 2024, someone told me a, your, like they slammed me with a, your mama. <laughs> your mama joke. Yeah. And that's what makes it funny. It's like, so it's like the anti-joke for me. Yes, I I totally agree. I think there's a lot of humor in that, and especially, yeah, it's a it, I love it. That's great. All right, so for this next question, uh, I really like getting to ask it because we get this kaleidoscope of answers that's all compiled into a playlist that you guys can find um, on the link tree. It's called Wewa, so it's like the the acronym, and then it's like rah, like the uh, like a bald eagle uh, screeching, <laughs> basically. Um, all. Uh, Make sure that you go go follow it. You can hear some of the answers there. Um, but if you could replace the national anthem with any song on your playlist, what would that be? And tell me a little bit about that. Okay. I was actually listen, like watching your reels today and listening to that question. I was thinking about it. What would my song be for that replace it with the national anthem? Um Here's something give me, that give kinda, me some ideas. It's a, here's something that kind of helps me get into the headspace too. Is I often go like the the funnier kind of route, though I've mm-hmm. definitely heard some good uh, patriotic or like quasi patriotic answers. Um, and what I what I always kind of think of is like how hard would it make me laugh if I was at a sporting event <laughs> and like they like come over the speaker and they're like, "All right, please please rise like as you are able for." our nation's like national anthem and or like our country's national anthem. And just yeah. like, it's a, one of the first answers was my humps by the black eyed peas. That was Pat's <laughs> answer. And it, I'm like, that's so funny. Like, that would be so funny. It's a, that's, that's hilarious. Um, but also if, uh, I asked uh, 
my, one of my college professors one time and he said, this land is your land by Woody Guthrie. I was like, okay, that's oh, actually yeah. like, a, that's actually a really good answer. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know. You can go either, either way with it. Does that spark up any, any okay. thoughts for you? Well, I just thought about Chris Stapleton and like how he sang the national anthem at the Super Ooh. Bowl. That was last year, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. See, if I could hear Chris Stapleton sing the national anthem, like that, what is what it is at all times? I think that would be great. That that's the version. Yeah. It, it was I, a move. I was um, my mom cried. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, I uh, I feel that I I think of uh, the Eagles coach was was like tearing up when yes. When he was it too just got kind of caught up in the moment yeah mm -hmm. it's a it's not a bad version to to pick no, not a, not he's a bad good. version he's, he like, he's you, good. He, you, he makes you feel it whenever he sings so yeah no doubt uh that, that's a great answer um uh lily said it, she would make it so that you could only listen to the version as uh performed by fergie in the yes. it, NBA finals. So yes. that, that that's also that's I it's it I love the the similarities there, two different directions. Um, Gosh, that was so funny. And I think I listen to WDJC and they always play the national anthem. I can't remember at what time it is. It's like in the afternoon. And I swear they were playing Fergie's version one time. And I was really? like, are they serious? Like I turned it all the way up. I was like, this can't be Fergie. That they can't be serious. Yeah, that that's awesome. I love that. And then last question, we touched on it already, but let's let's hear it again is how do we know each other? Um, high school. There you go. Easy, easy yes. answer. And now we're and now we're living not very very part, uh very far apart. Uh, right now so that that's, that's crazy to me too i, I, I thought y'all lived in tennessee did or did you not live in tennessee at one point yes we did it, we okay. so we met in in college and lived there after after college um but this has been the first full year of us being back in birmingham okay uh, cool yeah so we moved not not this past thanksgiving but the thanksgiving before so we're kind of Kind of the, this is our second year being being back. Yeah. The last time I saw y'all, um, I think y'all only had one child at the time. Yes. And it was at Madison Harvey's wedding or mm -hmm. Madison Tippett now. Yes. And yeah, so y'all were in Tennessee at that point. Mm -hmm. We were not far off from finding out that we would ha be having another at, the, at that <laughs> point too. So that that's so funny. Because uh, I think you even asked like, oh, like, do you want any more? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Probably... <laughs> Uh, so we'll probably probably wait a little bit more and you know that did not really happen so we're we're very we're very pleased and, and happy with with our girls we love them um, they are so cute i follow tabitha on instagram and i watch her stories like she's an instagram influencer i'm like what are gray and lola doing today yeah that's it we we get that a lot too there's there's a lot of people that kind of are keeping up with the uh, with the girls like that gray's so gray, cute. gray went viral um Lately, she like uh, she just kind of reacted to the moon, and it was um, so it was very it was very funny and very silly. But it, it it's like it's got like two million likes on TikTok, oh my gosh. and and like all of these views and stuff. It's uh it's a little weird. Um, that is so funny. Mm -hmm. I would have thought it would have been the Ratatouille rat that was cracking me up with y'all. Mm -hmm. Was it her? Was that her second birthday? Yeah, yeah. It's so she, weird how I know this information, but like it's Instagram, a, social media. So you're you're keeping up in that way. If you want to know anything about what the Parkers are doing, you need to follow my wife and not me, because uh, <laughs> she's the she she's got it all together. She's got the daily updates there, 
you can you can get a much better understanding of what we're up to if you if you follow us there um but but yeah so they they were they were obsessed with with ratatouille for sure <laughs> um still uh now now we've moved to to frozen that's been that's been the big move for them lately all um, the elementary kids love frozen too mm, that's that's great it's a good one all right so let's get started kind of in in your story we got we got several hats to to touch on let's start with artwork first because this was not something okay. that i really knew about you um but how how did you get started with paint uh, i guess we can go as specific as painting but just like the creative process and everything like that you mentioned that you were going to school to be an art teacher um yes. so, so tell me about that so i went to birmingham southern for undergrad and i didn't really know what i was gonna do um i was undecided and i really have always i've always been a creative person um it would just kind of it was just i brushed it under the rug like i think i took i took one art class in high school and I didn't mm -hmm. even take art in middle school. And then I did my student teaching with Larry Gibson. And I was like, I can't believe I didn't have you. And I'm trying to be an art teacher. That's just crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, undergrad and I was interested in design. I thought about interior design architecture because I do have a math brain too. So I was an art major math minor. Um, so I thought that would get me go in the direction of architecture, but Really, at the end of college, I was so done with art. I didn't want anything to do with it. I really just kind of really okay halfway did my last year, senior year. Like my artwork is embarrassing from senior year because I just didn't care. I was ready to be done with school. Um, and then I went into a job that was like way far away from artwork. It was recruiting. Um, but I worked there for a year. I grew a lot professionally. Um but I still wanted to be doing something where I was creating. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna go back to school because I love working with kids. And I just have that leadership mentality and I like to be in charge of the classroom and everything. So that was what I wanted to do. Um, so I went back to school. I still really wasn't creating art besides assignments that were assigned to me in art classes that I took. And I was having fun doing those, but I was not very, like, it wasn't what I was going to choose to do outside of having to do it, um, sure. which is what it's always been. And um, graduated, I worked um, as a teacher at a small school in Gardendale and still while doing the gym and everything. So, and it is kind of hard to find time to do art whenever you have all the hats that I'm wearing. Yeah. Um, so, worked at Trustful and then last year or last summer I came home and I was, Actually, my friend, Allie Pullen, who went to high school with us, mm -hmm. um, yeah. I was actually having a bad day is what was what happened. And she came over and brought some art supplies and I drew or did a flower painting and she posted on Instagram for me. Like she tagged me in a story of my painting and I had like three people swipe up and be like, hey, are you selling this? Hey, can you make me one? And I was like, oh, I'm good at this. Like people like my artwork. Yeah. Um, so it started with watercolors and I was just kind of like, I did a few dogs. I did a watercolor for my mother-in-law and people were like asking me, like, wow, you're so talented and it made me feel good. So I kept doing it. And, um, and then in the summertime, I had all the time in the world to make art. And so that's when I really like, I mean, I painted something every single day. Mm -hmm. And um, so it went from watercolors to the textural uh, flowers on campus. And that's whenever I was like, oh, this is fun. This is easy for me to do because I'm like in the flow and I'm doing it. And 
it sells. So, um, yeah, that's what I've been doing. I did my first ever art show um, this year at Trinity's Trinity United Methodist in uh, Homewood. They have an art in the lot. Um, and that was my first art show. My mother-in-law actually encouraged me to do it. She's like, you need to sell these flowers. They are so good. You're, you're, it's going to be great. And Ryder, he encouraged me a lot too. And he actually bought me my first canvases that I sold. I made this, my, I can't really see it cause it's white, but textural, my first textural bouquet is on that one um, that he bought me. And I did the first art in the lot and I sold everything. And so that's where I was like, okay, I really want to pursue this. And so that's where we are now. Now we have an Etsy shop and yeah. Nice. I love that. Well, I, I, I love how you went up to it when, um, when you realized like people were, were connecting with it, there's gotta be something really validating about like, Hey, are you selling this? And then like, you, yes. you know, like you, you mentioned selling out like in the, um, in the event at Trinity also to kind of, mentioned trinity that's where i met Ryder too is that oh, i yeah. so I uh, about that. so growing up ben waltzmith and i would kind of go to each other's youth groups yes. a lot and um that was how i got connected with a lot of those guys um at trinity like all the the homewood folks that went there and, and everything yes, like that so I remember it was, that. yeah so it was uh it was, uh i love that you mentioned that there it kind of just just popped in my head mm-hmm. um but yeah it's a that that's such a cool thing. So it, it seems like it happened really fast. Like there was like this one moment, just the bad day. I love mm-hmm. what you said too, about like, it's a, it's a someone came, uh, you, you mentioned that Allie uh, came yeah. and like just brought you the supplies. Like, we're just going to do this. Like to, yeah, she was just being a good friend to you. And then it turned into something that you probably couldn't have seen. I know I was, and I didn't think about that actually until I was thinking when you asked me to do the podcast, I was like, he's going to ask me how I got started. And like, I need to like be able to nail that down. And I was like, it's because Allie sat, brought her stuff over. We painted together and my day got better. And then people started, it really started something. So it was really special too. That's awesome. Okay. And I feel like I saw somewhere, one of the first pieces that you did, maybe it was the first textural piece that was inspired by your wedding bouquet. Is that right? Yes. And that's what I love to do the most of is the wedding bouquet. Cause I, um, Ryder and I got married December 17th, 2022. So not too long ago. Um, and my flowers died, so I couldn't press them, but I had tons of pictures of them. And I was like, I really want to be able to create a piece of artwork. And also we moved to Bluff Park, no artwork on the walls and, everything was bland. I was like, I've got to put something and Ryder had bought me canvases. So, um, that's why I was like, okay, I'm going to recreate my bouquet with plaster. So, and then that's where it started. I I love that. The one, one reason that this is resonating with me so heavily is that my wife had a very similar experience in Mm -hmm. that was a recreation of her bouquet with the, um, with the floral pressing and everything. Um, and now, She's also on Etsy and having a similar experience like people, people talking about She's it. She's killing it. I've seen her. I actually referred, somebody reached out to me. and was like, do you know somebody does press flowers? And I, I referred them to her on her nice. Etsy shop. She's Love killing it. it. That's a, that, that's awesome. Well, it's, it's great to, um, to see, um, people who are creating have similar experiences of like, because, because I think that not, not everybody gets, um, that immediate connection of like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm good at this. And it, it 
it means something to people. It resonates with people. Yeah. So I, I love that. I love that for you. That's uh, that, that's got to be a cool thing. Um, so to tell me that you, you mentioned in the summer that you you were painting something like every day. How how frequently are you painting the the textural pieces and um, the 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 watercolors and everything like that right now? It's hard right now because of school. And so I work in trust school. So I don't get home until four and then I leave for the gym at five to coach. And so I worked it out with my parents to where I don't have to coach on Wednesday nights or Friday nights. So tonight would be my night that I was painting before this. Um, And then Saturdays and Sundays is when I get to paint. And right now it's, I do have my next shows coming up in um, our Trinity is doing another art in the lot, May the 4th. So I'll start doing the textural flowers more, but right now I'm just kind of doing whatever someone asks me to do. Okay. Mm -hmm. Nice. So a a lot of like commission work, what does that look like? Somebody approaches you, like what are, what are people asking for? Is it a lot of wedding stuff? Um, Wedding bouquets. Yes. I just finished my favorite bouquet I've done so far. Um, A girl that I graduated with at Birmingham Southern, she had reached out to me and hers was big and super textural and had um, a lot more contrast with color in it. I I have a picture of it on my Instagram, Um, but that was really fun. But yes, wedding bouquets. Also, um, I did a full, I did a small full color bouquet. Um, My principal actually just commissioned me to do more it's it's not really what i do um but it's my principal so i wasn't gonna yeah. say no um but hers was more of like an anniversary gift for her parents nice i, I mm. love that now that's uh that's really cool that it kind of ramped up to to that degree so so quickly too that um it's a, it sounds explosive um so so tell me how how is this intertwined with with your other other work obviously you're you're teaching art um, mm-hmm. Does that kind of inform the way you teach or does your teaching kind of change the way that you, you paint or t- tell me about that? Yeah, actually. So this is funny. Um, I get inspired by the kids because they, they paint and they draw. Everything is just so free. Like they don't think about anything. It's just like, I want to put a rocket ship on top of a donut planet and that looks awesome. And it's like, yes put the donut and the rocket ship together. And so like, I kind of think about them as I'm creating sometimes, like you just, just do it. Like, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You do it, you try it, and then you can crumble it up and throw it away if you don't like it. Cause that's what they do. Um, And also I remember one day I was trying to play around with colors and a color scheme. And I was actually stressed about it because I don't really work with color. I usually do just like very, white neutrals um Mm -hmm. but there was a first grader that came my room who had on a bright yellow shirt with a bright blue like logo on it and I was like oh my gosh I love those colors my next painting is going to be inspired by those colors (laughs) that's uh I I like that that's that's great well that that's one thing that I really like about um folks that are doing um you know wearing the many hats uh, as as we've said before is that there's a lot of a lot of impact a lot of uh you know dotted lines to some of the some of those Mm -hmm. things um so yeah thank you for for answering that there um well tell me tell me about teaching um because that's uh that that's got to be a cool way to to get to connect with just art in general is through Mm -hmm. through through these kids like eyes 
Um, but but tell me tell me about that. Like, how did you get started? Like, what was your first year like? Stuff like that. Well, I guess my teaching really was fueled by coaching at the gym. Um, I really loved being able to take an idea that's complicated, like at the gym snatching, and then break it down really simple to where somebody it clicks with somebody. Mm-hmm. So that was what fueled my love for teaching. It just it, it, teaching in any aspect, not just in the classroom. Um, so that's how I knew I wanted to get into education because I knew I liked doing that. Um, and then I did student teaching and that was fun and teaching. I've been teaching only in elementary school. Um, and elementary school is very different than I did Pazitz middle school for my like secondary education, student teaching. Um, elementary is, uh, it's a lot of handholding. So it's not as much like teaching art. And there are some things like you can do with fifth grade that are super fun because they can do it in a way that looks really cool. And there are some projects we do with the younger ones too, that it turns out great, but it was a lot of Mm step-by-step. Um, but on like, I would love to be able to in the future go up to a higher level, like middle school, high school, um, it's actually really cool. So when I was doing my student teaching at Pazitz, I was with advanced eighth grade art and it was really hard at first because it was very intimidating because those kids got a lot of hormones going on. It was just like, no doubt they were looking at me like, who is this lady and why is she trying to tell me what to do? Um, but after developing relationships with them and getting to know them, I was like, it was so great. Um, but we did this project and it was inspired by Vincent Van Gogh. And I, I feel bad even taking credit for it because they took it and ran with it. And I was basically just like, we're doing Vincent Van Gogh. I want you to work with a group, look at a painting, recreate it the way you want to recreate it. And yeah, that's, that's basically all I said to do. Yes. Yes. But they ended up doing the most amazing artwork that I've seen. Like it was so good. And one of them actually won first place in art competition. So it was like, that was, that was amazing. It's, it started like with your, your idea and like the, the thing that you extended to them and yes. it turned out to, to be really cool. Yeah. That that's, that's really cool. I, um, that was fun. It's a, yeah, it's a getting it to connect in that way and kind of mm-hmm. generate some of the, the creative process. It's gotta be such a cool thing. Um, it's one, one thing that I really loved about, um, being a camp counselor was just like asking kids, like these like silly questions and like seeing what they, what they would come up with. Like mm-hmm. when, but when, when we would, before we would start like the first day of, of everything, I would ask kids like what electrical appliance they would be. And like, they, like the things that they would come up with is like, I'm a frit. I would be a fridge because I'm so chill. Like they would just, and they would just it, was, it was like so funny to like hear like what, like why, Yes. It or, and like some of them would be like uh i'd be a toaster and like they wouldn't like tell you why or anything and it was it was all good but to yeah it's 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 so fun to kids to, are so funny and especially like the little ones that's why elementary is fun it's, they're so innocent and they say the funniest things especially to silly questions and that i had a last year we were teaching like a cursive writing class and a li- the kindergartners just played with Legos basically in that class because they're not going to write in cursive. Yeah. Um, 
And so we would go around the room and we would just pull up a list of questions and be like, so if you could eat dinner with one person, who would it be? It's like my papa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my papa. Yeah. That does not surprise me in the slightest. That's, that's hilarious. so funny. Um, no, that, that, that's great. Well, you, one thing that, that I like that you mentioned was just the, um, the passion that kind of got stirred up because of coaching for teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so, t- so tell me, tell me about that. When did you, when did that uh, thought connect with you? Like, Oh, because I'm coaching, like, I feel like an outlet for the way that I'm approaching this could be teaching. Like, tell me, tell me about that. Yeah. Um, I guess I have to give credit to my dad and my in-laws because both of my, my in-laws are um, teachers and we actually took a trip to Baham. My father-in-law owns an expedition company, Treeline Expeditions. And um, so they take people on different backpacking trips. And one of those trips is the Bahamas and we go see kayaking. Cool. It was, yes, it was great. But I remember sitting at dinner one night and um, they said, they said like being an art teacher would be fun. And like, that was coming from somebody who's been teaching for 30 years. And so I was like, Ooh, And that was just like a seed that was planted. And I think this is like early whenever I was coaching too, like probably been coaching for one year. And then as far as like recognizing my teaching ability and leadership skills, that was my dad. Um, I really didn't like plan on coaching at the gym or teaching or any kind of like up in front of people kind of role. Um, But he saw it in me. And so he was like, hey, I'm signing you up to get your L1 and we're going to go to New Orleans and you're going to get certified to coach classes and you're going to coach classes. And I was like, "Uh, okay, so that's and it's family owned business. So you just get thrown in there whenever it's family owned. So and I had fun with it and people liked coming to my class. And so that kind of is what sparked it, too. Nice. Uh, I love that. Well, at at the time of recording, um, episode 28 with Wesley is not out yet. But one of the things that we that we talked about that was so cool is like, you never know. um, You never know what it means to somebody to like connect with them or encourage them or like set them on the right track. He mentions this cool moment of like, he had not really ever considered like pressure washing as something that he would get into to pay for college and he um, he was working at his dad's climbing gym, and the it's one of the guys that was like that he was belaying. Just he he would always ask folks like hey, like what do you do for work like just to kind of get some inspiration and learn and stuff. And this guy was like, oh yeah, like I um I do pressure washing. I that's a, I really like it. I make decent money, and like that that seed like planted like to to him from there. So I love, I love getting to, to hear that. Um, mm-hmm. And those people might not even recognize what they said, yes. you know, like you don't yeah. even know what you just did and like to like put that person in the trajectory that they went in. A hundred percent. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that was like another really, really big piece of like what we were talking about was that you, they might not even know or not even mm-hmm. remember uh, doing that. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that. Have you, have you gotten to talk to them about that? Like, Hey, like, uh, here's one of, one of the reasons that I'm doing this now is what you said to me. That's a a little bit ago. Have you had that conversation? You know, I've never like explicitly said that to them, which I probably should. Um, but 
I, they're kind of my go-to with all things, teacher questions, like advice. They're, they've been with me through the step of the, every step of the way since like student teaching and writer sister too. Um, they're all teachers. And so they've been my resource. Um, but I do need to tell them that I need to say you inspired me to take that leap. Uh, I, I love that. Well, to, let, let me know how, how it goes. I'm excited for, for that I conversation will. to happen. Um, well, well, tell me about some, some skills that you got in coaching that you transferred over to teaching. Cause you, you mentioned that that was, um, you know, how, how the fire started for teaching. So like, mm-hmm. what was something that you learned in coaching? Um, my voice. Uh, so, and my dad, he's a former Marine. So he's really big on like big boom voice. Um, and whenever I first started coaching, I was talking loud, but I didn't, I wasn't projecting my voice. And that's something that you need to do in teaching too. Thankfully we have microphones. We don't have to do it all the time, but like there is a lot of strength in being able to command a room with your voice. And that is something that coaching has helped me with and there, and it's helped me in the classroom too. And then also what's helped me in the classroom that's transferred over into coaching. Um, Kids can be really annoying (laughs) and they can be really like, they don't problem solve. And so there's a lot of like having to like re-explaining yourself and that's, that gets old very quick. Mm -hmm. So you learn to be super strict and super quick and like just straightforward, no cutting around the bush with the kids. It's just like, go get the paper that's over there, like very direct. Yeah. And at the gym, I wasn't really that direct. I was kind of like, I would kind of shy away and then try a really nice way of saying something. But now since teaching, it's taught me to be super direct. So like, they, I'm kind of the mean coach. Um, and the, and they will say that. My husband will say that. My mom will say that. Uh, they, I, whenever people work out in my classroom, I'm like, it's over here. We're listening over here. Like we're at the whiteboard. It's time right now. Like that kind of thing. So that's from teaching. And then my voice from coaching goes to teaching. Uh, it's a systematic like drill sergeant. Like, just, yes, like, I am a, a drill sergeant. Yeah. It's <laughs> but a, you will have good form. Yes, uh, th- that's that's great. Now, I uh, <laughs> it I, I love what you said about the um, the 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 kids kind of like need it, needing a lot of like redirecting. Oh gosh, it, it's funny so to it's funny to hear because like originally I asked you um, about how coaching informed teaching, but to see the teaching kind of flip back and like help you with mm-hmm. how you present yourself and like the, the way that you approach things. That's yes. a, I, I love getting to see that. Cause like everything is learning. Like you can always find new ways to, to yeah. approach stuff. That's so cool. And adults are just big kids. So, and especially in the afternoon, whenever people are coming from um, work, their brains fried. So it doesn't work. And so you're having to do a lot of the, I'm having to do a lot of the same things I do in the classroom in the gym, because these people are just like little aliens, like the little aliens at school. That's a, that's, and I'll tell them that. <laughs> that's a, that, that's great. I, I, I love that. Uh, I love that too. I, I always have felt that it's really important to have, um, just like, some kind of transfer of skill from like different areas. Like you never know what is going to help you like grow Mm -hmm. in like different things. So to hear that, like both things have like made you better at both things. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. It just kind of reaffirms like something that 
I think is really important. And I'd, I love to love to see that. Yes, um, always learning. It's a no, no doubt. Um, well, I mean, especially important for, for, for a teaching mindset too. So, um, what, uh, what impact have you seen yourself making? I like to ask people th- this question because you, you got to take a step back and look at the ways that you're connecting with other, other people or, you know, the kids that you're working with. So what, what, ha- what does that look like? Um, I see it pop up in different small ways and like, you know, you don't really like internally I feel like a lot of times people are you know you're your biggest critic so you're not seeing the kind of or at least I'm not seeing the impact and until it like really pops up I'm like oh okay like um in my friends and in my relationship with my husband just like that same kind of um leader mentality that I have in the classroom in the gym I kind of carry with me everywhere and I can tell um with Ryder or with my, my best friend, Allie, like they say things to me. I'm like, Oh wow. Like you kind of like how you don't know the big impact that you made on somebody until Mm -hmm. like they tell you, they'll tell me something. I'm like, I didn't even think about that. I was just kind of being me. Um, and same thing with the kids, like kids need structure and they need the strict person. Um, and so being, and having them love me, even though I'm still, the strict teacher is that's how it shows up there. Um, and then at the gym too, you just get more respect from being direct and yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's one kind of memory that I have. So I was, uh, my major in college was, I was outdoor studies and tourism and, and my other major was child development. And so, uh, is you could go two routes with just like the regular certification and then also, a, like a teacher licensure program. I was not in the teacher licensure, but there's a lot of overlap. And one of the things that we talked about in the, in the child development class that always kind of sticks out was that they like looked at these, these kids, they basically like gave them a fence on a playground and, and then like took it away. Mm-hmm. And when, when they had this enclosed space, like they went up all the way around, like to, um, to the enclosed area like because they like felt safe to go around all, all of the different um, parts of the playground that were, you know, enclosed encompassed by, by the fence. But then when mm-hmm. they, when the, when the fence was taken away, they all, they kind of huddled in the middle and didn't really like venture out very much. And to me, that's always kind of spoken to like how structure is so important i think it's especially important to kids but you know adults need it too like adults mm-hmm. are just are just kids that have a little bit more money um yeah exactly but, so to yeah to to hear how that has been important for you um yeah i i love to well, love to hear that and, the, and you're seeing that show up in, in the people yeah. and, and kids that you get to work with yeah i hope that answered your question as i was hearing you talk about it, i was like yeah structure like my self being structure is probably what's made of the biggest impact on like the areas of my life. Yeah. It's a, no, definitely. You definitely answered the question. I, I like the piece too, that it shows up in little ways, like, and especially mm-hmm. in just, it's kind of how you carry yourself and you didn't even really pay attention to right how it was showing up. Yeah. That's, that's crucial. It's uh that's such a cool thing. 
Um, well, what, uh, what, what resources do you, do you look to for just the ways that you approach coaching art teaching? Um, is there any that kind of stick out to you when I say that? Yeah. Um, so as a teacher, we do a lot of professional development and, I love professional development because it just like, it helps you grow as a person. It just, it's a resource, like you're saying. And one of the things I use right now that I actually discovered on YouTube is um, Skillshare. Have you heard of Skillshare? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So they have, and I have an iPad with an Apple pencil. And um, so I've just gotten into Procreate and they have all these videos for Procreate and I can do sketches on there. So I really like using Skillshare. Nice. Yeah. I, I get that. That that's one that I hear a lot um, for people who are getting into, um, like it, uh, you mentioned uh, Procreate, but like some of those spaces that are kind of social media adjacent or like mm-hmm. new technologies. Like there's there's a lot that you can can learn in that way. Like I I wouldn't know how to do anything. I can't draw worth, worth anything anyway. So like Procreate, I feel like I'd be even worse off. Um, but uh. But yeah, like that, that's such a cool thing. I feel like stuff like Masterclass, mm-hmm. um, uh, Jack Townsend mentioned that for some of the techniques that he looks at for um, for like working in the kitchen and like coming up with new recipes and inspiration mm-hmm. that way. So it's so interesting because I love school. So I've even thought about going back to school to not to do anything, but just to learn things. And um, so I love having a resource like Skillshare to learn things and also just like following other people on Instagram. I've learned so much just from artists. Like I follow this one artist whose name is actually Kelsey um, and she lives in Australia and, but I love her work and I can get inspiration from what she's doing and like practice it on my own to learn more things. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I get that uh, a lot too with, um, with like cooking or like making, uh, making cocktails. Mm-hmm. I, uh, there, I have like a, a whole like slew of um, like influencers and creators that they make different, different cocktails and they kind of have their own uh, kind of stuff. But I'm like, Oh dang, I never would have thought of anything like that. Then I'll try and like put my own, own spin on on that. And it's, it's such a fun, such a fun thing. Like we live, it's a cool time to, to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. I know. Well, that's kind of, that's kind of all the questions that I've got for you there. What, um, any, Anything that kind of sticks out to you that you feel like you didn't get to say? I think we covered, I I was, I feel like I had a long winded way of sharing my story. So I'm sorry if I went too long. No, no, no. It's a, no, it went went great. Jobs and everything. But yeah, I think we covered it. Yeah. I no, I think that you put it succinctly. So that that's great. Well, one, one thing that I a little bit goofed on is um, we, we have guests uh, ask a question to the next guest and kind of continue a chain on that way. And uh, if if Wesley gave me uh, a question last episode, I totally forgot to to write it down, so I'm not prepared to do that. What uh, what I will do though is give you this question that uh, Kendall asked him. Um, so we'll just ask it twice, and because I think it's a good one. Okay. Um, if you could pick a new career, what would it be? And where, where would you go? Um, if I could pick a new career, it would be a food critic, but only for baked goods. 
So like I want to be on Cupcake Wars or yeah. like one of those shows that and Kids Baking Championship. If I could be a critic for that show, that would be my dream job. You want to be like a chef duff? Situation. Yes, yes. Nice. Get to eat all the cupcakes. Uh, I like that. I'd, I'd love to, to like be able to pick up on the nuances of like, Hey, like this is probably overproved or like, just, it's very impressive to me that like they can pick up on like, Oh, it, the, the reason that this isn't as, uh, isn't as moist as you wanted it to be is because you didn't. Yes. And you have to be able to like, write about those things. Like that's yeah. why I was like, I can't do this because I'm not going to write about this or be able to, I don't know, pick it apart. And yeah, there's like a science behind it. It's very complicated, but it's cool. That's a, uh, yeah, I love that. That There's something very, very impressive, like Jedi mind trick kind of stuff. I'm like, how on yes. earth are you? Like, <laughs> how did you know that? That's a, how, how can you like, yeah, it's a, just pick up on it all. I'm mostly just like, Oh, this cupcake's really nice. I love it. Um, yeah. That's a well. That's great. Well, Kelsey, thank you so much for taking the time to to do yes. this. This is so much fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I glad it. glad to do it. Well, guys, that's going to conclude episode twenty nine of When I Was Your Age. Uh, thank you guys for for joining us in this one, and we'll catch you next time.